you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show, presented by DraftKings. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant. Still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary. we got another great Wednesday show for you. We will go and, as we always do, have some wiretaps. Those guys you picked up off the waiver wire that you may or may not be starting this week. Also have Adam Rank starts and sits, as we always do, plus a preview of the TNF game and NFC East matchup between the Giants and the Eagles and you know weirdly enough there's still two teams that are in the playoff race because that's just how the NFC East is we got that and plenty more to talk about on this show today but before we dive into it as we always do about this time we'll talk to our faithful producer senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire and Murph I heard you had sort of a banana mishap this morning is that correct <laughs> mishap. I'm a uh I'm a very like routine-based person, so obviously before we record the show and we have uh, a lot of stuff going on here, I, I do the same breakfast. Egg whites, banana. Uh, unfortunately, the banana was too brown. I don't like the organic brown bananas. I have to throw them out because it gets mushy, and, and I'm actually allergic to bananas. And weirdly, the more um, brown it is, the more it hurts my mouth. Uh, so I have, to, I have to toss them just a, a waste of money. The shelf life is way too uh, way too short with these bananas. Yeah, that's the problem with bananas is that they, they have zero shelf life. And especially when it's warm, and I know it's been warm in L.A., like yeah. it, 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 they ripen even faster. Uh, I'm sort of the opposite. Like I can't totally. eat really unripe bananas. Like I can sort of eat them when they get a little browner, um, but I can't, I can't do the green yeah. ones because it just sort of makes me nauseous. Yeah, the green ones are also weird. This is a very fine line with which bananas are good to eat. But it's like I'm I'm trying to stay healthy as possible during this quarantine. Obviously, gyms and stuff aren't open. It's like so you know, no bananas. Now I'm gonna be hungry the rest of the day. I don't want to snack on any bad stuff. So just yeah, rough start in the morning. It is not a good start to the day. Hopefully, the rest of your day uh, gets a little bit better after we uh, we get through the early right morning now. period. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, it is Wednesday, which means we bring in our pal Adam Rank to uh, help us through the day. I know he's going to have his starts and sits a little bit later. Uh, you didn't have any fruit-related uh, misfortune this morning, did you? You know, it was weird on Big Brother on, what was it, Tuesday night? Cody was talking about how he hates bananas. And if I was on the, the, the final jury, I would vote against him just for that. I think he's played the most flawless game. Oh, there's my headphones. I think he's played the most flawless. Sorry, I've been I've been looking for my earbuds like all day, and I'm yelling at my daughter like, "What did you do with them?" And I'm like, "No, oh, they're over here." I'm so sorry. So, Ahsoka Tano rank. I apologize to you. Um, she's downstairs yelling. She knows she's happy in her heart. But uh, yeah, I was surprised that he uh, he hates banana. I I guess it's weird because like I'm not an eggs person, and it's not like a it's not like a a political statement. I just don't enjoy it, and I always think it's the weirdest thing when people are like. Why don't you like it? Like somebody would, if somebody went up to Eddie, like, how do you not like bread? Like, bro, it's like, I, it's not like I choose this. I don't, I don't choose what <laughs> foods I like or dislike. It's, it's up to my taste buds. Yell at my tongue if you want to. It's not, it's not, it's not my, I would love to love eggs. Like my life would be 
way easier. Like I'm the worst guy to go to breakfast with because I'm like, I'm not the eggs guy. Just give me the kielbasa or whatever. But <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You got to move forward. I'm glad that Eddie was able to get through that, though. Kielbasa is a pretty good substitute, though, for people who don't like eggs. Um, for sure. Know. If you got to make the choice, then then that's that's not a bad way to go. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's choose to go and do some fantasy headlines right now. Talk about some of the big news that's going to affect fantasy football. The biggest one, you can probably see it over my shoulder. It is Tua time in Miami. The Dolphins have decided they are going to make the rookie Tua Tagovailoa their starting quarterback for the rest of the season, at least presumably for the rest of the season. And props to you, Adam Rank, because you sort of called this a couple of weeks ago on this show. You said that after the bye. When they start the Rams, that is a good time to get Tua in there. So he's in. The question is, is he worth an ad on fantasy rosters? Well, I, I do believe that he's worth a speculative ad in if you have some room, if you have an extra roster spot, if you have a, a guy that you've been hanging on to and you, you look at and you're like, why am I still holding on to this player? Then I would go out and do it. I, I'm not usually a huge advocate of carrying a couple of quarterbacks, but I think that he's got enough upside that unless you're absolutely loaded at the position, if you have Patrick Mahomes, obviously, Russell Wilson, you probably don't need to make that move. But I do think that he's worth an ad, and I do think, again, is this makes sense for the Dolphins. I know that we all love Ryan Fitzpatrick, but even though they're 3-3, three and three, are they? did you really feel they were on the same level as the Chiefs and the Steelers and the Ravens? Like, make this move. Let's have some exciting thing. I'm kind of excited about what this means to the rest of their players, because I think that we could see an uptick for a number of their skill guys. I think that's sort of the big question. I think part of the reason, at least us fantasy geeks, wanted to see Fitzpatrick stay in there was just for the consistency of it, is that we sort of know what we have already. And, you know, if you're starting Devontae Parker, Mike Kosicki, Preston Williams, what have you, you just sort of want that comfort food of knowing that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be able to get the ball to your guys we don't like change. We don't like uncertainty. And that's sort of what this thing does. As a football fan, I'm excited to see Tua. I just want to see the guy go out there and see what he can do. Uh, he brings a new element to this offense. I, look, I, I know we always joke about Ryan Fitzpatrick being the leading rusher for the Dolphins last year, but you know, running is not necessarily the strong suit of his game. Uh, you get some extra mobility back there with Tua. So I'm, I'm very curious to see how this sort of thing works. But you did talk Are about- Are you worried? Are you worried about Miles Gaskins? His, his value going down? Like, it's going to go was, up. I see, that, was like, my, that, that was my question is what happens to the rest of these guys? I mean, you have a quarterback who runs. Is he going to dump the ball off to Miles Gaskin or is he just going to take off and run? I mean, what does this mean for the rest of their skill position, guys? I think that it makes the offense far more dynamic. They're going to get more first downs, which means there's going to be more opportunity to be on the field. I know it's fun to watch Ryan Fitzpatrick go out there and do his thing, but he's still – Threw a lot of interceptions. He turned the ball over. I think Tua is one of these guys that we've seen come into the league over the last couple of years who can really make an offense sing. I, you know, I would even equate it. I mean, we we don't have to go far, Marcus. Let's look at Los Angeles. And Tyrod was a player that we love, very safe option. But look at how much better the Chargers have been since Justin Herbert has taken over as the starting quarterback. And now you've got Tua, who a couple of years ago, after his freshman season, people were, you know, if that would have been the NBA, he would have been the first overall pick in the draft. So I, I think this makes it more dynamic. And I think this is going to be nothing but a boon for that for that Dolphins offensive skill set 
and especially Miles Gaskin. I, I I do have a lot of shares of Miles Gaskin, and I really do believe that he's going to be a huge benefactor. He's not scoring a lot of touchdowns anyways, so it's not like oh my gosh, this guy's scoring eight touchdowns <laughs> a game now he's going to get none. It's like no, he does all his work between the twenties. I think there's going to be more opportunity to move the ball in between the twenties. All right, I'm going to I'm going to to take your word for it. I'm going to just kind of relax and sort of watch. Look at things. me. Why are you so morose? You're a Dodgers fan. You you guys just won the World Series last night. That stop. thing's a joke. That stop series it. is a first of all, that series is a joke. Just stop I'm, it now. You I should be so, so happy. Cody <laughs> Bellinger is now like a good player all of a sudden because he was awful <laughs> in the playoffs. Kershaw didn't light the house on fire. That's the thing. Can I say one thing about Clayton Kershaw? Is everybody? I love that everybody was complaining. Like, why are they pulling him out? I'm like, bro, just because of the toddler hasn't burned the house down, you still take the matches out of their hand. That was the smartest thing that Dave Roberts has ever done. Which I know is a is a short bar. Like that's not you're not making a huge leap. But anyways, I'm sorry I derailed it once again. Sorry, you know sorry, what? Ryan. You know, Eddie. since since we're on this topic, I mean, one, it was a smart move to pull him out because you just don't want to see him go through the lineup another time, especially once you had a seven run lead at that point. That made sense. Uh, the other part is I'm really sick of all my friends who are not Dodger fans going out of their way to try and jinx everything by already gifting them the Bruh. World Series title. I so can, I, there's nothing I, I can enough. do. I've had enough. There's nothing uh, I can. Right. And by the way, as an Angels fan, listen, our life sucks. And it's not fun. Okay, we never win anything. The last time we made the playoffs was 2014. I'm sitting there minding my own business watching Big Brother. And then I have to go online and start defending Mike Trout. I'm like, everybody stop with your nonsense. Like, listen, we're not a good – as a team, we don't make the playoffs. But Mike Trout is – like, the Angels don't make the playoffs. That's a fact. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Also a fact. Why are we arguing either one of these things? Uh, and you know what? I want to see Mike Trout succeed. I like watching him. He's a fun player. He succeeds. Uh, and, He's really good. Like there's that's true. nothing he can the, do. The guys, are, the guys around him don't succeed as often as they probably should. Um, all right. Speaking of succeeding, uh, Raheem Mostert was having some success in San Francisco, but now it looks like he's going to the injured reserve as he's got uh, an ankle injury. So he's going to be out for at least the next few weeks. So which Niners running back would you prefer to have on your roster and start this week against the Patriots? Well, I'm going to get to one of my sits this week. It's going to be a 49ers running back. But the one player I would talk about is Jermichael Hasty, And I know you mentioned him on Fantasy Live on Tuesday. He's gotten a little bit of buzz previously. But I really do believe that he looks like the most dynamic guy when he gets an opportunity to run. The problem is, and it's always going to be the situation with the 49ers, is that Jarek McKinnon is there. And Wilson has been battling an ankle injury as well. But look at the juice. Like, you look at this, like, that's... All right, he bounces off that hit right there. That's not a bad play. That's this is a good. That was a good Rams team, by the way, that they they beat. He catches the ball out of the backfield, and I think this, yeah, this is the run. That's nice. That's I mean, listen, you don't, you know, I don't, I don't sit there and call my friend and be like, dude, you got to see this ten yard run. But like, that's impressive. <laughs> like, if you if you gain ten yards every time you touch the football, like you're gonna be playing in the NFL for a long time. Like, changes direction right there pretty well. So I, I think that. He's got the best opportunity. The only problem is, is this week he's going up against the New England Patriots. They've allowed the fifth most or fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. So I do believe that they're going to probably try to make Jimmy Garoppolo throw the football a little bit. So I'm kind of staying away from the 49ers running backs. But I would pick up Jermichael Hasty if he's still available 
here on Wednesday morning. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I mean, look, the the pecking order, I think, of Niners running backs that you kind of want to look at is look for Jarek McKinnon. Chances are he's probably gone in most leagues. But if he's there, I think he's probably the number one guy. I like Hasty as the number two option uh, if you're looking for Niners running backs. Jeff Wilson, uh, I'm waiting to see what his status is. He, he missed last week with a calf injury, so they're not sure what his status is going to be this week. So that's one to keep an eye on. The only thing about this is we're going to talk about all these guys, and what's going to happen is that Tevin Coleman is going to come back and upset the apple cart and get like 10 carries for like, you know, 17 yards and really just frustrate all of us. But uh, in the short term, I like what Hasty has to offer. I remember people asking me about him, mostly Dynasty League folks back in like July and August asking me about Jamichael Hasty. And I thought, you know, at that point he was sort of buried on the depth chart. And he was a practice squad guy. But the way the injuries have gone, he's getting his opportunity. And I think he's at least sort of worth an ad, at least for, for the next week or two. And then, you know, we'll figure it out once we get beyond week seven. Uh, other running back news, the Chiefs, we know I've already brought in Le'Veon Bell. The expectation is he's going to play for them coming up this next week. Now, according to Jay Glazer, uh, he believes that they brought in Bell not to be a starter, but mostly to take some of the workload out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's hands. So does this at all change how you feel about this Kansas City backfield? Yeah, I do believe that once the initial shock and dread of being a manager with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and just seeing Le'Veon Bell there, you're like, ah, like it's, you know, we, we, we post the Jeremy Piven meme, Ari, Ari Gold, <laughs> I should say. You know, and we have fun with it and everybody, you know, has their consternation. And it's funny enough, I did film a PSA about this. But to give you the longer form view of this, it kind of strikes me similar to what the Browns have done or what they were trying to do this year with, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, where you could have two running backs who could be effective for you this season. And I think Clyde Edwards Elaire, as much as we wanted him to be a workhorse number one running back, he was really going to fall into the RB2 role. And I think a big reason why is he's not great around the goal line. We saw that in week one. We were kind of, you know, trying to dismiss it because we wanted him to succeed so much. But I think ultimately he's going to be a guy who's going to get a lot of yards in between the twins. I don't believe that there's any running back who's had as many scrimmage yards and many rushing yards. I know if he's not first, he's amongst the leaders. So that's not going to change. You know, they're going to bring in Le'Veon Bell in pass pro, probably near the goal line. So I see Bell as a flex guy, but I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to be the guy that you're going to count on. Again, I mean, what what, what are your alternatives? Are you going to start LaMichael Pirine? <laughs> gonna go, gonna go with Malcolm Brown. Gonna go with Jamichael Hayes. Actually, we were just talking about him. That guy's not bad. <laughs> but I mean, what are your options? Like, if you're if you have an embarrassment of riches at that running back position, to where you are going to be making a decision whether you're starting Clyde Edwards Alaire every week or not, then congratulations, you're probably going to win your league. But I, I think he's going to be effective. And that number that you see right there on the screen, eleven fantasy point. Get used to it. That's a comfortable number. I'm happy with that. Like that's that's what it is. That's why, you know, it, you might have spent too much for it. You know, it's like when you buy food from a food truck. You're like, it's a good burrito. I don't know that it was worth 20 bucks. But it's a good burrito. I, I think what, what happens to us when we start analyzing these players is that suddenly, you know, a door opens and we sort of forget, you know, what the evaluation of the player was to begin with, right? I mean, because at the beginning of the year, I think we were all sort of expecting that this was going to be a two-headed attack, right? It was going to be Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Damian Williams. Damian Williams opts out. CEH suddenly becomes the lead running back. And we all kind of lose our minds 
like forgetting that look, there was a reason that we thought he was going to be in a rotation in the first place. Like if if he was that great that he was just going to walk in and immediately be a 25 carry a game back, uh, they would have made him that from the beginning. There wouldn't have been this this battle between him and Damian Williams. So I think sometimes we sort of lose our heads because we see an opportunity in front of us. And I think this is just sort of reminding us. This is taking us back to where we were on Clyde Edwards-Alaire in you know July and August again and reminding yeah. us of, you know, look, not that he's a bad player, but obviously the Chiefs have some other plans for him. They aren't ready for him to be just a full workhorse back. So uh, I think after the initial shock, I think you're right. We have all sort of, we've all sort of calmed down a little bit. We've kind of gotten the panic out uh, and, and we can just move on, right? Because, uh, and the, yeah. the other thing I said, the other part of this is, uh, I was telling somebody the other day, Le'Veon Bell as a part-time player in an Andy Reid offense I think it's still better than Le'Veon Bell as a full-time player in an Adam Gase offense. I think oh either God. way, you still win. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, that is the thing. And it, this is the thing. You, you also have a ticket to the hottest show, the hottest offense in the NFL. Now, with at first, when we bought the Clyde edwards Elaire, we thought we were going to be in the pit. But now we're a little, you know, we're a couple about rows back on the loads, but we're still at the show, baby. So you know what? <laughs> I'm going to live it up. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to go to the beer line. I'm gonna get a couple of cervezas, and I'm gonna sit here, and I'm gonna have a fun. I'm gonna have, a, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy it as I'm stumbling like I'm drinking already. But no, I'm not. <laughs> it's coffee. I guarantee it. But uh, no, I think we're gonna be fine. Like everybody, chill out. We're we're good. Start them. By the way, start them this week against Denver. Right, Wait, there you go. Denver, 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 Denver. Start them against Denver. Yeah. Sorry, I'm against Denver. Uh, today's show is brought to you by DraftKings, a leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, so we are through six weeks of the NFL regular season, which is just about the halfway point for the fantasy regular season. So I think it was a good time to look at some of the rookie running backs and sort of give uh, our group grades on how we think they're doing. Now, I I left James Robinson out because at this point, he's a top 10 running back. That feels like an A++. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been fantastic. We talked about him. He feels like he's going to get a pretty universally good grade. But I picked three guys who have been sort of kind of middle of the pack in terms of their production versus maybe what we expected from them. And so I kind of want to get a feeling on how we are thinking about these guys now. First one is Jonathan Taylor, who uh, there were big expectations for him. And, and sort of like we talked about with CEH, right? When Marlon Mack went down, the thought was Jonathan Taylor was just going to take over this backfield and do huge things for the Colts. That hasn't really happened so far this season. So through week six, what grade are you giving JT? I mean, I guess a C. I, I, I don't know. Because again, Marcus, this goes back to our own perception and the, the expectations we put upon him. Like we should have lowered those expectations. It's kind of like when I went to go see the movie Skyscraper. I lowered my expectations because I had just seen The Rock in what could quite possibly be the greatest movie of all time. And of course, I'm talking about San Andreas. <laughs> so I go into Skyscraper with lowered expectations. And I got to be honest with you, it was fantastic. And I enjoyed every minute of it. But I had those lowered expectations. And I feel that if I had a realistic view of Jonathan Taylor coming into the season, I would be encouraged by the production that I'm getting but you know what I kind of I kind of oversold it in my mind a little bit thought he was going to be getting more production I thought he was going to catch more passes out of the backfield 
So it's a C, but it's because it's I'm a teacher and I'm grading it too hard on my own personal bias and not necessarily on his value or production or anything as I'm knocking on wood, apparently. <laughs> I, I'm willing to give him a B plus. I mean, he, he has sort of produced maybe not to the level we would have thought. Uh, maybe I'm being too generous. If, if you're being a little bit too tough rank, I think maybe I'm being a little bit too generous with the B plus there. Uh, you know, the, I, I thought he'd have some more big breakout games. He only has one 100-yard rushing game so far this season. He actually has a couple of games where uh, he's had as many or more receiving yards than rushing yards. So he's doing things. He's getting opportunities. I'm still waiting for that huge breakout game for him. But I think on the whole, he's been okay. I mean, he's still a top 15 running back uh, in most formats. So I'm willing to sort of give him the benefit of the doubt, especially with an offense that has been as inconsistent as the Colts. So uh, I'll, I'll give him a slight edge and give him a, uh, a B plus on this one. Uh, next one is DeAndre Swift, who really has sort of kind of been missing in action, it feels like, until this past week when, you know, reports came that Matt Patricia had to win that game. Otherwise, he could be fired. Then all of a sudden, they give DeAndre Swift all this work. He has over 100 yards. He has two touchdowns. So, you know, taking that all into account, uh, what grade are you giving him? Well, I think based on one game, it would be an A, but I think overall it's a C. It's like when I was, you know, the, the first year I was in junior high and I was taking a history class, I got a C, I got a B my first semester in, in history because, and I was like, I don't understand. In the first, the first quarter, I got a C and the second quarter, I got an A and the teacher surmised like, oh, you split the difference. I'm like, bro, I'm trending up. Give me the A. <laughs> And then my teacher was like, it's junior high guy. Like, you're going to be fine. Like, don't worry. Like, if you're getting this twisted over it. And I think that's what we're talking about with, with DeAndre Swift is like, we shouldn't worry about what happened early in the season. He dropped a potential winner against the Bears. He had some other problems. They started going to Adrian Peterson. But I, I think this is trending up to a player that could be an A. Like, if they make this commitment to him and really go forward – giving the ball to DeAndre Swift. And I know a lot of people will come out and they'll be like, well, he's a Belichick guy. And that means that every week it could change. But remember when Sony Michelle was doing things during in his rookie year, they stuck with him. And I really do believe that if Matt Patricia enjoys coaching the Detroit Lions, he might not, so I don't know, don't ask me. But if he enjoys coaching the Detroit Lions, he's going to give the ball to DeAndre Swift moving forward. I completely agree with the grade. I'm giving him a C as well. Although I think some of it is just that uh, they weren't giving him the proper tools to be successful, namely, you know, giving him the ball. Uh, the fact is they kept going to Adrian Peterson early in the year. They have slowly started to give him more opportunities. He was catching the ball down near the goal line. Uh, so that was certainly a, a positive there. And then this past week, we saw him get a, a good number of carries, have the yardage, get in the end zone. So maybe now they're starting to see uh, that he can be successful if given the right opportunities here. So he is trending up. I think if we had done this a, a couple of weeks ago, this would have been maybe a, a D or, or worse for DeAndre Swift. So uh, he's going in the right direction. I think it's going to get better. But right now, uh, he's just been average. He has not been as advertised or what, what we thought he could be. But I think, I think the tide is turning uh, for DeAndre Swift. The last one is Cam Akers. And there was, you know, 
I didn't know what to make of Cam Akers in this Rams backfield at the start of the season. I kept saying that I went after Daryl Henderson because he seemed like he's sort of like that mid-shelf whiskey, right? It's like that intersection yeah. of affordability and quality. And that's kind of how I felt about Daryl Henderson. Cam Akers, uh, we just haven't seen much of him. He was hurt. Uh, then last week, he just didn't get the ball, didn't get on the field a whole lot. So, you know, at this point, what are we feeling about Cam Akers? No, I think you're absolutely right. It, it, it kind of reminds me when you go to Trader Joe's and you can spend 30 bucks on bullet bourbon or else you can get Rebel Yell for like $9 or whatever it is. <laughs> like, that's what I should have done because I bought in the Cam Akers and it's been an F or a D. I don't know. I mean, perhaps, you know, we should have gone into this situation listening to Sean McVay who was very effusive in his praise of the way Kyle Shanahan was dealing with his running backs, and we should have gotten the clue that none of these guys were going to be – well, I mean, Daryl Henderson's actually been pretty good. But realize that this was going to be something that was going to be in flux. They were going to take three guys to replace Todd Gurley. So Cam Akers, to me, and I think that this really comes down to just watching him at Florida State and, of course, the joke of, like, he knows how to play behind a bad line, but – the Rams line has been playing very well this season and Cam Akers through injuries or whatever it is, hasn't been able to take advantage. So this, this is not even a passing grade because you made the NFL and didn't get cut. So I guess I have like, it, I can't give you an F you're, you're in the league. So that's, that's pretty cool, but you're not going to be fantasy relevant. Even when he has his first breakout game, it's going to be one of those things that we're all going to be apprehensive about because it just feels like this Rams offense is not trustworthy. I'm going to I'm going to give him an incomplete on this one just cuz he just hasn't really been around. I mean, he missed a couple of weeks with an injury. Then, you know, he comes back and he has a, an okay game against Washington. Then we hear that he's going to get more opportunity against the 49ers, except uh, I think he played one more snap than you and I in that game against San Francisco. So uh, he just he, he just hasn't really been there so far this year. So I can't really give him a full and true grade on this one. I'm still waiting to see what happens. But Wait I'm, I'm a minute. You. What? Wait a minute. If you what? were in school and you were truant from class, would your teacher be like, oh, no, it's OK. You weren't here. Like, no, you have to be there to do the work. That's part of it. Listen, I didn't know we could take the cop out and just be like I, incomplete. No, give him a grade. Letter grade right now. OK, then if I'm giving him a letter grade, it is a D. Like, that's there it. it. Like, I'm, I'm with you. It's a D because he has, he has he's been missing. Although I, you know, I, I think there, there were at least excused absences. I mean, you know, we knew true. where he was. Like he didn't he didn't just ditch and you know go to the movies or anything like that. Um, <laughs> like um, so, but but it has it has not been good. And and I'm with you. Like if he does have that big game, we're all going to sort of look at one. Nobody's going to take advantage of it because nobody's going to be starting Cam Akers right. by that point. But also, we're going to look around and we're going to be like, yeah, this was really nice. But next week, it'll probably be the Malcolm Brown game. We're going to go back to Daryl Henderson. We're just not going to trust it. So, so far, I mean, there's still, you know, a lot of time left to go in the, the regular season, the NFL regular season. But uh, so far, Cam Akers has been, I think, one of the bigger rookie disappointments uh, that we have seen this year. And you're right. Sean McVay sort of told us that. But I think I think we lost trust in Sean McVay because last year he kept trying to tell us that Todd Gurley wasn't hurt. And we were all watching it. We're like, Todd oh. Gurley actually is kind of hurt, dude. Like, you can But he was still good. Like, Todd Gurley was still good last year. Like, I would take last year's Todd Gurley in an instant this season. So with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, yeah, but that's, that's true. That, <laughs> that is neither here nor there.
Uh, all right. Inspired by ongoing conversations with players, the NFL, NFL Players Association, and Players Coalition together launched NFL Votes to empower and improve our communities through exercising the right to vote. Join the NFL family by registering to vote today and make your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. Now it's time for the Home Field Advantage presented by Brotherly Grub. We're helping promote local Black-owned businesses around the nation. So we're going to dive into Giants and Eagles on Thursday night football. And if you're in Philadelphia, be sure to check out brotherly grub so uh, i know on the surface this is not an exciting matchup it's a pair of teams that have a combined two wins between them but they are both very much in the hunt for the nfc east title because that's just how the nfc east is so far this year but uh, on the field it has been a frustrating year for evan ingram and anybody who drafted him in fantasy but considering the eagles have struggled defensively against opposing passing games is this kind of a make or break week for evan ingram for your fantasy team yeah, like how long do I have to keep going on with this? Like I, it, it is the tight end equivalent of Kenyon Drake of, come on, man. Like this, how how often do I, like every time there is a plus matchup and you think this is going to be it, it never materializes. It's, you know, I guess it's all the, the, the Superman movies they've made over the last number of decades, ever since Christopher Reeve knocked it out of the park. You're like, this is, they, they can't mess this one up. Although I will say that the animated Superman Red Sun is excellent. So animated, fine, but like live action, it hasn't been great. So I'm starting Evan Ingram because I don't know if you've seen the tight end position unless you picked up Dallas Goddard today. But yeah, I'm out. I mean, I got to start him, but I want to be out eventually. Yeah, I think if it doesn't happen this week, then I'm fully out. I thought a couple weeks ago against uh, the Cowboys was going to be a chance for him, but I think he had uh, he had a rushing touchdown and he had 16 receiving yards, and like that was it. So that sort of like put me on the on the outs with him. But this is it. This is really, really the final straw with Evan Ingram. Like if it doesn't happen against Philadelphia, I think I'm sort of out. By the way, I, I've seen Superman Returns just sitting there in the you know, things you might like on Netflix and like I'm I'm tempted to go back and watch it and hope that, that maybe it, it isn't as boring as I thought it was the first time around. I don't know if you have I, any. I will say that Man of Steel I like better because of the way it plays into Batman versus Superman, which is another movie that I like. I will tell you that Justice League didn't hold up. But Batman versus Superman was good. And I don't care who you are and you can come at me and do whatever you gotta do. But it does make me like Man of Steel a little bit better. And it's got the K-Dog, so I always got to represent Cal State Fullerton. So how bad was it really? So I, that's a terrible analogy. Forgive me. <laughs> I was reaching. It's early in the morning on the West Coast. I've been looking for my earbuds all morning. It's been a tough go of it. I understand. I do. I understand. Uh, but by the way, the, you're right. The animated DC stuff is a whole lot better uh, than, than the live action stuff, no doubt. Uh, okay. So choose your fighter. You got to start one of these receivers in this game. Who's it going to be? Darius Slayton or Travis Fulgham? Man, I would really love like no, no joke. I would like both these guys to be on my line in my lineup. I have no hesitation. Although I do believe Sterling Shepard is getting close to getting back. I'm going to check obviously check the injury reports and everything. But I like Fulham. I, I think that he's played really well, and I he's somebody that I believe in. And then even though they're starting to talk about. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey or Deshaun, whoever it is. Like, I forget the Eagles <laughs> receive. Like, I, whatever guy, like, yes, you're like, it's like when you see me hitting maybe on an Evite, you know, back in the day. Like, people would be like, okay, rank, you're, you're not showing up, but thanks for at least taking the time 
to acknowledge that you sort of care about what's going on. But I think Travis has been fantastic. And I, I think that this is going to end up being one of those guys that you can count on week to week. I mean, he's been doing this against some what you would think are tough matchups and still playing pretty well. So now he's got the Giants. This is, of course, when he has four points. But I, I, I think I'm going to go with Travis in this one. I agree. I think I'm, I'm going to go Fulgham in this one, uh, in part because the Giants, their passing game has just been sort of hit or miss. But regardless of what's happened with the Eagles, Travis Fulgham has balled out. I mean, the last three over the last couple of weeks, he's actually the wide receiver three. He's had touchdowns in three games in a row. And, and I'm not so worried about what happens to him. Uh, you know, when Deshaun Jackson comes back, which which could be Thursday uh, or when Alshon Jeffrey comes back, which might be never. I have no idea what's going on with Alshon Jeffrey, to be honest with you. Um, so I, I think he's earned that opportunity. Uh, I think he's gotten the trust of Carson Wentz, and, and I would feel okay with having him in my lineup, at least as a flex, maybe as a wide receiver too, uh, starting on Thursday night. But speaking of Carson Wentz, you know, if you if you follow the Philly beat writers and the people who are watching this team, you know, very, very closely, they've made the point that Carson Wentz the last couple of weeks has been better than advertised. So is it is it safe to maybe go back and, and trust him if you have a quarterback issue this week? I know a lot of people are already starting to get Jalen Hurts into their DFS lineups and things like that, which is amazing. <laughs> I I don't like the disrespect for Carson Wentz. I think he's playing really well, given the circumstance. Uh, having to play with a cast of seemingly anonymous wide receivers, it's like if they would have made Ocean's Eleven and it was George Clooney and 10 other dudes from some high school drama department. Probably wouldn't be as good. I'm just saying. But he's <laughs> gone out there and he's played well. And then everybody had given up on them against the Ravens last week. And he rallied them and got them back into a position to possibly tie, perhaps go on to win that game. And so I think given the degree of difficulty, and I say this because you know I had a lot of high expectations coming in for Philly uh, this this year, the Carson Wentz is going to play pretty well down the stretch. He's done it before. I think that they'll eventually get to the 500 mark. He's going to start crushing it. it. It turns out, though, that guards are an important part of a football team. And so <laughs> we saw last year what happened to Cleveland. I know the Bears have had some injuries on the offensive line. I see how that helps or hurts, I should say. And I think the Eagles are going through the same thing right now. So I trust them. And then this is the Giants. You should go out there and put up 300 on this team. This is making me feel better because at the start of the year, uh, I was very much on this. Carson Wentz is a sleeper quarterback and he has top five upside. And I think people sort of looked sideways at it because the last couple of years haven't been particularly great. And then he got off to a really bad start this year. And I sort of had to kind of Homer Simpson back into the bushes on that one a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, look, you look at his number. He actually has four rushing touchdowns this year, which is something I don't think we've talked about. He's had 20 or more fantasy points in three of his last four games. He is starting to turn around. It's not pretty. Like, it, 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 people who love the law, sausage, and Carson Wentz fantasy points should watch neither one of them being made because it's just not pretty. Uh, but it's effective. And so I, I think maybe you're right. Maybe he's starting to turn it around. Getting some guys healthy uh, will definitely help his cause, uh, but he's found some receivers he can trust. Dallas Goddard is coming back. That's going to be a big help as well. So maybe it was a little too soon to give up on Carson Wentz, and maybe things are going to get better. So I'm, I'm starting to kind of buy back in on my original take from the summer. Dallas Goddard, okay. the, savior, the savior of the season is Dallas Goddard. By the way, can I, can I say one thing, though? Sure. And listen, I'm not Daniel Jeremiah, but I'm allowed to do – 
a mock draft every year about what teams should do. You know, listen, this year I I was kind of good. And I told the Eagles, draft Justin Jefferson. And they just did not want to listen to me. They're like, we got to go with Jalen Rieger. And I don't want to be the TCU receiver guy, am I right? But Justin Jefferson was playing in a pro offense with a professional, I know they're all paid, but like a professional level offensive coordinator and Joe Brady, who of course is now in Carolina. Why wouldn't you make that move? Why do you watch film and watch these really good teams and be like, no, 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 no. We don't want the receiver from this really excellent team that's been winning national championships. Let's go for the Big 12 receiver and see how that works out. And that's another dude who, like, if we were doing rookie wide receiver report cards, he would have gotten an incomplete because, like, where has he been? F. F. Uh, He's not here. He gets the F. (laughs) No, no incompletes. F. All right. All right, he didn't show up to class, so I guess I guess he gets an F. All right, uh, that was home field advantage presented by Brotherly Grub. Uh, you know, one person's fight is never just one person's fight. It takes all of us to fight cancer. Join the NFL and the American Cancer Society in the fight today by talking to your doctor or reminding a loved one about getting screened. Visit NFL.com slash Crucial Catch to learn more. It's time for Secure Starts presented by Visa for peace of mind online. Visa's got you covered. So Adam Rank, as always, has his starts and sits for the week. Start of the quarterback, Justin Herbert, after a week off. He's back in our lives now. Yeah, absolutely. I hope it's not a situation where you walk away from a hot streak and it never materializes once again. But this was one of the best quarterbacks in fantasy before he took a bye. He was the QB8 averaging... Close to 22 fantasy points per game. And as a matter of fact, he scored at least 22 in three out of his last four. He's got a great matchup this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, my friends down in Duval County. They've allowed 24 fantasy points on average to quarterbacks in three of their last five games. So we're going with Herbert. And we're also going to start Matthew Stafford. And I understand that anytime Matthew Stafford has a plus matchup, It always comes off like a a television show that your friends recommend on Netflix. Like, hey, you got to watch this show. And they build it up so much and it never materializes. But there's no way that I can bench him against the Atlanta Falcons, who have allowed the most fantasy points per game this season to quarterbacks, close to 30 points per game. They've allowed every quarterback this season to score over 20 fantasy points. Although I should say five of six games. The one game that they didn't allow a quarterback to go over 20 was when they played the Bears and Foles and Trubisky combined for 28 fantasy points. So Matthew Stafford, if you've been holding on to him or whatever it is, make sure you're starting him. Did you know that growing up, Matthew Stafford played baseball with Clayton Kershaw? I'm the first what? person to ever. I'm the first person to ever report this fact. Why so don't people just, talk about that more? That, you know, no one, no one ever talks about this sort of thing. So I'm, I'm glad I can educate the people on that. Uh, running backs, who are you looking at starting this week? Well, I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. He's been incredibly successful over the last couple of weeks, continuing to consistently put up positive fantasy points. He has had at least 15 in three consecutive games per game. He's touched the ball 20 times. See what happens when you you get an opportunity to go out there, you can put up fantasy points. He's playing the Las Vegas Raiders this season who have allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs. And I understand this is like a hot streak in blackjack. And you know at some point it's going to come crashing down, but I'm doubling down every time until I get that bus guard. I also like James Conner this week against the Tennessee Titans, a battle of two of the best teams in the AFC. The good thing about Conner 
And he was kind of overlooked in fantasy drafts this season, but he's had at least 15 fantasy points in four consecutive games, like Ronald Jones getting to touch the ball an awful lot. Him coming in just over 18 per game over the last four. And the Titans have allowed the seventh most rushing yards to running backs this season. So we look at this game and we think it's going to be it's going to be one of the best of the weekend, if not the best. But I'm getting James Conner in there for sure. I would like for the Steelers to, if I have James Conner, I'd like for them to stop you know, giving the ball to Chase Claypool on the goal line. Yeah, he's a vulture. Just, he's the he's the goal just, line vulture now. Just, just let him run it in, please. That's all I want. Uh, wide receiver, which uh, which two guys are you big on this week? I'm going to go with Terry McLaurin. And it's been disappointing watching him a little bit with Washington FT. They seem like they're misusing his talents. Kind of like if you had Gordon Ramsay selling tacos at Taco Bell. You'd be like, what, couldn't you do a little bit more with your talents? I mean, these Doritos Locos tacos are excellent, but I want a little bit more. But Terry McLaurin has gotten at least 11 fantasy points in five of six games. His 28% target share is fourth most in the NFL. And, of course, he's going up against the Dallas Cowboys, who give up a ton of fantasy points. I don't know if they're ready to pack it in. I think that this is a game where the Cowboys rise back up. We saw it with the 49ers last week. I think this is that game for the Cowboys, but I'm still comfortable enough starting Terry McLaurin. And hey, everybody, it's an OBJ game. Where's the bell? OBJ game. (laughs) We can start him this week. Obviously, this is not somebody that we're going to trust week in and week out, but The last time he played the Cincinnati Bengals, he had close to 18 fantasy points. And the Bengals have allowed a top five, excuse me, they've allowed five top 20 fantasy wide receivers in the last four games. So I I look at this one as being a shootout, a lot of points being scored, and a lot of opportunity to get Odell Beckham Jr. in your lineup. Yeah, it's been hit or miss with OBJ, but he's become a matchup-based guy, and, and this looks like a pretty good matchup. Uh, at the tight end spot, you're you're keeping the Browns love rolling, huh? Well, absolutely. And I, I think a lot of people avoided Austin Hooper this year because for the obvious reasons of that, Browns offense is going to be run heavy. You had two stud running backs to start the year. You had OBJ Jarvis Landry. So, you know, Austin Hooper was probably not going to have the success that he had with the Atlanta Falcons, but he's been pretty consistent over the last couple of weeks. He's had at least 10 fantasy points in three consecutive games. The Bengals have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends this season. So I think that Austin Hooper, this is one, if you haven't been, if you haven't been starting him over the last couple of weeks, you got to start working him back into your lineup. And I want to go with a danger zone type player. I'm going to do a little bit of a throwback and listen, go check the, the rankings, but let me just talk a little bit about Ian Thomas, who is the tight end 60 this season. So it, it hasn't been going well. The Saints have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. The second most receiving yards per game to tight ends this season. I know it's an awful risk to go with Ian Thomas. And I'm not saying that you bench uh, who at Hunter Henry are doing something ridiculous. But if you're looking for a tight end and there's a lot of like you missed out on Dallas Goddard or anything crazy like that. If you really need a deep sleeper. At the tight end position, I know this is a secure start segment, so Visa, I apologize. (laughs) But I still, listen, when it comes to finding these kind of tight ends, James Coe and I were the absolute best. And we give you our guarantee, and we, it's going to be me. I'm not going to put James on this. He can later (laughs) on Twitter if he wants to. But I'm going to go with Ian Thomas in some spots, and you can either join me or you can't. And I won't be offended if you don't want to, but I I think that I, I got a feeling about him just based on the matchup. 
I don't think that's terrible. I mean, I know the you know, the what we've seen this season uh, is reason to maybe not have confidence, but I do think that it's it's not a bad play this week, especially if you're in a deeper league. Uh, certainly, maybe if you want a DFS sort of you know outside the box play a little bit. Uh, I I don't think that Ian Thomas' call is a a, a terrible one this week. So I I, I you know, it's like a come with me if you want to live sort of thing. Like I, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm totally down with that. I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, your defensive starts this week. Uh, which ones are they? Well, I'm going to go with the Los Angeles Chargers, and it, it hurts my heart. You know, I listen, I you guys know that I support my friends down in Duval County. I watch AEW every week. I retweet Orange Cassidy all the time. Listen, I don't mean to be – I don't – listen, but sometimes you got to make these business decisions. And the Jags have allowed 18 sacks this season. That's tied for the fifth most. They're turning the ball over an awful lot. And I love Gardner Minshew, but I think that they're they're – needs to be a full-on rebuild in Jacksonville. And I think that they're they're just good enough to get themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence situation, which is fine. They can draft an offensive lineman next year and be pretty good. By the way, I'm sorry. I know we were supposed to go tape to tape. Am I supposed to talk about the Bills as a team? Sure. Yes. Don't listen. Ryan, don't, don't run the tape. I'm just going to say Bills are going up against the Jets. Let's cut some time. Bills, Jets, doing, done. If somebody got done. mad and they rage dropped the Bills because of the thing against the Chiefs, I understand. You can start them this week against the Jets. Start them against Adam Gase. That's what we do. And, you know, by the way, just as a side note, if you were sort of worried about Josh Allen, it's potentially a Josh Allen bounce back week too because 100%. There you go. Uh, That was Secure Starts presented by Visa. So we've done the starts. Now we got to do the sits. Uh, The quarterback, who should we avert our gaze from this week? Well, I'm going to start off with Jared Goff. For obvious reasons, he's going up against the Chicago Bears, who have been the toughest defense in the NFL this season. We saw last week, Teddy Bridgewater was pretty much doing whatever he wanted on the football field, and the Bears knocked him off of his game. You know what? And, you know, you look at Goff. I will say this. I know that the the statistics say he's had less than fantasy, 15 fantasy points in two out of his last three. Cooper Cup dropped two touchdowns last week, one that led to a pick six. Goff has been playing pretty well, but I just don't think that you can start him with this matchup. And I'm also worried about Drew Brees this week. He is currently the QB 20. He's had fewer than 16 fantasy points in three of five games. And the games that he's done well in, and I think about that Packers game, he was dumping the ball off to Alvin Kamara, who was doing all the dirty work. And he was just the benefactor of that. Or the beneficiary? No, the benefactor. Beneficiary? No, benefactor. Whatever. So many grammar nerd. Let me know. Carolina, though, <laughs> has allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks this season and the fourth fewest passing yards per game. They were pretty good against Nick Foles last week. So I'm going to say Drew Brees. I think there's better options than Drew Brees. Don't go with the brand name all the time. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, this is this has not been a just set it, forget it year for Drew Brees. Uh, running backs, the Bengals RB1 seems at the top of your list there, huh? Yeah, he's had one good game this season, and everybody was like, I told you this guy's – like, no, l- listen, we've seen enough of this. Like, And he wasn't good earlier this year. He's played the Browns already. This is weird that this Browns-Bengals series is going to be over by week seven. But he had 46 rushing yards against them in week two, and now this is like the sequel to a terrible movie we never asked for. Like, did you know there was a second Deuce Bigelow? European like why did you make that second movie why am I going to start this player again why is he still on your roster why do you still think he's going to come through for you ever but whatever you have him I'm 
listen, I don't have him on any of my teams, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, I did want to talk about Jarek McKinnon as well. We talked about Jamichael Hasty earlier in the show. I still think that that would be the player that I would want to go with out of this 49ers backfield. And, of course, this ends up meaning that Jarek McKinnon goes for 20 fantasy points. But I look at this matchup against the, the Patriots, and the names change for that defense each and every year, but they still just stop running backs. They've allowed the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. Speaking of sequels, you know they're still making Trimmers sequels like Michael Gross. Stop still, it. I, I guess, Good for yeah, I guess him. The, I guess the family ties checks aren't uh, rolling in quite as much, so he's still making Trimmer sequels. So, uh, you know, that's a thing. With uh, Reba? <laughs> was Reba, she still doing it? Or did she I don't have think, that? No, I think Reba tapped out. I think I she think Reba tapped out on the yeah, yeah. She she they had out. uh they had Fred Ward. Is he still yes. doing it? Uh no, I, I think pretty much uh I think I think Michael Gross is kind of the only one from the the, the movie the original movies still doing this thing. Right they couldn't now. get Bacon in on that. What about no, Finn Bacon, Carter? No. What is what is Finn Carter doing that she couldn't go back and make that movie? I, I don't, don't know. know. I, by the way, I, I'm not going to give it enough respect for knowing the name of that actress who was the lead was in that like, movie. Was, and you guys, I, you really should, because that was impressive. That was very impressive because I had no idea. Uh, I was with you on Reba and Bacon. I never would have gotten And you can see, I, 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 I have no, I'm not looking at a phone or anything. No, I just came no. top of mind. That was, uh, that was like right off the dome. So that, that's very impressive. Um, uh, which wide receivers are not going to be impressive this week? I want to go to commercial because I thought that was that. No, by the way, <laughs> let's talk about Tyler Lockett who has not been playing very well since week four. He's averaged just over seven fantasy points per game. He's had fewer than nine in back-to-back in -back games. Arizona has been pretty good against opposing wide receivers this season, and I think what we're really seeing is the ascension of DK Metcalf. Like, this is – this if this was a, a tag team, we would be at the point of DK Metcalf's career where he would super kick – Tyler Lockett and throw him through the barbershop window as he's ready to become a fantasy superstar. And somebody who I thought was going to be a fantasy superstar was DJ Moore. And he's had 20 fantasy points in only one game this season, only one touchdown this season. And the matchup isn't great because the Saints have allowed the fewest receptions per game to wide receivers this season, just under nine. But watching him last week against the Bears, he dropped a lot of catchable passes. He had one that could have possibly put them in a position to tie that game and could not come up with it. So I I just wasn't, yeah, that's it right there. Like I that's a tough catch, but that's a catch an NFL receiver should be making. So until I see more out of him, pun and pun not intended, but now in <laughs> retrospect, pun intended, I can't start him. It has been a frustrating year for DJ Moore. Uh, Robbie Anderson has pretty much come in and, and replaced him essentially in that offense. Uh, didn't didn't really see that one coming. Uh, tight ends, who are you not big on this week? Hayden Hurst. I know a lot of people were really excited about him coming into the season, hoping that he could kind of replicate what Austin Hooper had done with that team, but it just hasn't happened. He was he's had less than five targets in four consecutive games. He's averaging just under ten fantasy points per games, and the Lions. The Detroit Lions have allowed the second fewest fantasy points per game to tight ends this season. So I'm going to leave him on the bench. I've also got to leave Jared Cook on the bench, probably. Like he also has scored less than 10 fantasy points in two out of his last three games. Uh, his average on the course of the season is less than 10 per game. And the Carolina Panthers have allowed the fifth fewest receiving yards per game to tight ends. I know 
yesterday or yesterday, Sunday, they gave up a, a touchdown to KMET, the mighty Met, but they've been pretty tough on tight ends this season. Did you just refer to Cole Komet as a radio station? Dude, K-M-E-T. Yeah, that was a that was a big station out here in Southern California. I'm a radio, I'm an LA radio junkie. So I always so when it's the Mighty Met, when he was playing at Notre Dame, that's all I could talk about. My friends who are Chicago guys watching Notre Dame games be like, dude, K-M-E-T. He, his number should be 94 because it was 94.7. There'll be some kid out here, kid. There'll be some boomer out here who will be like, hey, I remember that station, bro. Used to listen because my sisters who are much older than me used to love that station. And I would listen to whatever, whatever heavy rock bands like Kiss and bands like that. So, yeah, there it is. That was too That's far. Gonna... So don't start Jared Cook, I think is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> That's going to stick with me now for, for probably the rest of the season. Uh, <laughs> real quick, a couple of defenses for people to avoid this. What oh, my you... gosh. I keep I keep forgetting. Uh, I, for, I We should do kickers, by the way. The fact that I can't uh, – but Rodrigo Blankenship's on a bye, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I'm not starting the Broncos defense this week, and it should go without saying because they're playing the Kansas City Chiefs. So, of course – if you had picked them up in recent weeks and been playing them, you might want to get them back on your bench. Well, they were playing the Patriots last week, so you probably didn't have them. We also don't like the Houston Texans because apparently Bill O'Brien being fired was great for Deshaun Watson and the offense. The defense is like they've they've known no difference. They're, they're like, whatever. Now you got Aaron Rodgers, who was embarrassed. And even me, like who thinks that Aaron Rodgers peaked in high school. He's gonna go out there and put forty points up on the on the Texans. So don't even don't even think about it. Don't even don't look at what the Buccaneers did last week and be like, dude, could they? No, they can't. They won't. Do not start the Houston Texans. The your I mean the, the Texans defense. It's similar to your argument about the Falcons offense. I mean Bill O'Brien being let go that, that did impact the offense because he was the play caller in the OC basically. Yeah. But uh, uh, you know just like you know, Dirk Cutter is still there in, in Atlanta. That's going to impact the Falcons offense. The defensive coordinator side hasn't changed a whole lot in Houston. So. Uh, that's yeah. not going to change that part of it either. Uh, for more of Adam Rank Starts and Sits, you can check him out online at NFL.com slash Start Sit. You can get all of his picks for Week 7. Have you been watching Fantasy Bites? Because you should be watching Fantasy Bites. It's our show with Adam Rank, Kimmy Checks, and Michael F. Florio. It airs on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can watch it on NFL.com, the NFL Fantasy app, and on YouTube at YouTube.com slash NFL Fantasy. Basically all the same places you watch this show. You can watch <laughs> Fantasy Bites as well. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. They've been doing it every week. So if you haven't checked it out, you should go check it out. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you know what you're talking about on this week's show? Oh, yeah. We're going to be talking a lot of the same things that we talk about here. What the impact of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Le'Veon Bell, that situation going on and Tua and all this stuff. You know, and, and anybody who, who, who watches this show, I will let you know that, that Ryan and Eddie Murphy have me constrained pretty well. I'm off the rails because our producer, Hytham, on that show has no control over me. So if you think I'm sort of unhinged here, like it's, <laughs> it's almost 30 minutes of me talking about The Rock and San Andreas with a little bit of fantasy football mixed in. No, I'm just kidding. It's a fun, it, it's a fun <laughs> show. But we, uh, we, uh, we got the rundown working on right now. We're going to have some hype. We're going to do a little bit of a hype train. I know we're kind of stealing your thing, Marcus. Maybe we should bring you on to do a little hype train stuff okay. as well. But I want Florio to hype up some players. I want him to get hype. I want him to spit some rhymes, you know, wearing a floral shirt and doing all that stuff. But that's neither here nor there. But please tune in. Yeah, that was absolutely. probably not the best endorsement for it. But Kimmy's delightful. Florio's amazing. And then it's just, you know, me. But the other I mean, two 
awesome. If you want more takes on San Andreas versus Skyscraper, I mean, it's the perfect place to go. There's no doubt about it. Uh, all right, so wiretaps. Some guys that you may have gotten off the waiver wire this past week and whether or not you're going to start them this week. So first off, Tim Patrick, uh, who's played very well the last couple of weeks for the Denver Broncos. He's got the Chiefs, whose defense has been pretty tough on wide receivers. But if you got Tim Patrick, would you give him a go? I believe with some of the wide receivers that are on a bye this week, because we won't have Adam Thielen, we won't have Justin Jefferson. I know that's from two guys. Uh, Devontae Parker's not playing this week. So if you pick them up as a need-type player, I'm not ex- I'm not really scared of this matchup. I'm more worried about Jerry Judy because he hasn't consistently put up the points. Jerry Judy hasn't had more than 65 receiving yards in a game, whereas Tim Patrick, as you see right there, has consistently put up over 14 fantasy points. I do believe that he'll have a chance to get double digits in this one. The Chiefs are coming off a big win on a Monday night. They might have a little bit of a letdown, and now that Drew Locke is back, I would. I, I actually don't hate starting Tim Patrick this week. I feel like he's been more of the kind of do-it-all receiver. They, they get the ball to Judy, but I think they're using him very much as a deep threat to kind of stretch the field a little bit. Patrick's that guy who was, is kind of doing a lot of the dirty work there. So I think the targets are going to be there. The matchup's not great, but I think the target share sort of makes up for it. So that, that's the reason I consider giving him a start. That's uh, a great movie, by the way, Dirty Work. With dirty Adam, Work? Oh, yeah. With Norm uh, MacDonald. Norm MacDonald and Dave Chappelle. Absolutely. Uh, oh, yeah, um, you know, uh, hey, hey there, beard, uh, you know, all that stuff. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Keelan Cole, who uh, very quietly is leading all the Jaguars receivers in fantasy points this year. He's got the Chargers. Uh, again, maybe not the best matchup, but uh, would you start Keelan Cole? No, I, I think this matchup is okay. I, I think that they can be in a situation where they have to throw the ball an awful lot. And Keelan Cole has been the guy that we kind of wish that DJ Chark was going to be this season. Uh, he's been the most consistent guy. 15 fantasy points in two. Oh, you see right there, two straight games. So I, I I do like it. I don't I think this is a pretty good one. I got Gardner in a couple of spots. You know, I've been rotating Gardner and Jared Goff in a lot of places. And I, this is my Gardner game going up against the Chargers that you can they you that defense should be better. I think they're gonna get to the quarterback. I'm obviously I have them as a start because they're gonna get some sacks, but I think there's gonna be a lot of there's going to be a lot of situational throwing in that second half of that game. So I kind of like Keelan Cole this week as well. I do. I do too. I think he's a flex for me probably this week, but I think the opportunity is going to be there because the Chargers will put up some points. Here's the thing. The thing about Charger games is that they're always going to come down to the end. Uh, so it very well could be that you know Gardner Minshew has the ball in his hands with a chance to sort of drive the Jaguars to a, a win at the end. But I think that works out well for Cole. Uh, I think he's going to get a chance to, to catch some passes. Uh, last one, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, you actually had Drew Brees as a sit. Not a surprise, considering the way the Panthers' pass defense has been. Uh, but the Pan- but the Saints' pass defense has not been great. Would you, if you picked up Teddy B, uh, consider streaming him this week? No, I would stream him. I, I think this is a pretty good opportunity for him. I know we don't really have that big a needed quarterback this week when you look at the buys. It's not like two weeks ago or when Rodgers was out or anything like that. And we had to like really scramble for quarterback, even Justin Herbert being back. So I think with all that, like a lot of us were probably only starting Kirk Cousins last week because a better quarterback was on a bye. So I'm not sure that you need to start Teddy Bridgewater, but if you do, I like the matchup. I have Teddy as part as one of my sits. You know, I want to let you know that the matchup is good. I think again, it's a revenge game. A Teddy B revenge game, you got to play him. So, yes, if you need a quarterback this week, 
for whatever reason. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick. I know a lot of people right. might have had Ryan Fitzpatrick. There's the guy. I knew there had to be one person. But, yeah, I think <laughs> that uh, I would play him. I would definitely put him on the plus side. He's – I always try to look at, you know, are you on the uh, – which side of the of – the, of the 15 are you? Are you a top 15 quarterback or a second 15 quarterback? I think he's a top 15 quarterback this week. I, I the Ryan Fitzpatrick scenario was the one that was in my head. If you got if you had Fitz this week, uh, if you had if you've been starting him the last couple of weeks, then Teddy I think is a an adequate replacement. Look, a couple of weeks ago we, we suggested streaming him against the Falcons. He got you 20 points. He actually got you even more than that the week before against the Cardinals. So when the matchup is right, uh, Teddy's not a bad quarterback to play. I didn't even think about the revenge game aspect of it. So yeah, ah. stream Teddy Bridgewater. Stream Teddy Bridgewater this week. I think that's a, a pretty awesome play. The only and one that doesn't I'm, work for is uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I'm not starting him yeah. in his revenge game. No, because I feel like Belichick's going to get the revenge on that side because uh, yeah. that's just that's just what he does. So, All right, in the meantime, for us, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you hanging out with the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, if you think air is free, you've never bought a bag of chips. Be safe, take care of yourselves, wear a mask, and we will see you on Friday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 